0: Good morning. I'm Chris Farrell, sitting in for Angela Davis. If you're listening to NPR News, and I'm glad that you could join us today. If you're lucky enough to work for an employer that offers paid family and medical leave, you know how important it is to be able to take time off from work when you really need it. But it's up to the employer to offer the option. Paid leave lets people keep part of their paycheck while caring for a newborn or after adoption. Paid leave can also be used to care for a family member, say, an aging parent. Or the employee can deal with their own illness. Most working Americans have access to unpaid time off for family and medical needs, but only one in four workers have paid time off. For years now, some DFL lawmakers have been trying to change that in Minnesota, and now it's almost sure to happen. Minnesota is poised to start a new state-run program to bring paid leave to almost every working Minnesotan. So today, we're going to talk about what the proposed state insurance program would do and how the benefit would be financed. We'll also look into the concerns a number of small businesses have expressed that the program is another cost they'll have to absorb. And I want to hear from you. What was your experience if you took paid time off for a medical or family need? If paid leave wasn't an option, how did you cope? And if you're an employer, especially a small business owner, what are your questions or concerns about how this would work? Phone lines are open. Calls at 651-227-6000 or 800 242 Now, to bring us up to speed on where this proposal stands, I have with me Dana Ferguson, a politics reporter with NPR News. Dana has been at the Minnesota State Capitol covering family leave and plenty of other issues as the legislature wraps up the session. So good morning, Dana.
1: Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, I'm really glad you're here to sort of like break this down for us. Okay, so first, tell us how this paid family and medical leave system would work.
1: Sure. Under the proposal, workers and employers in the state would pay into the program through a payroll tax. And similar to the state's unemployment insurance fund, workers could then get partial pay replacement if they get sick, want to care for a new child, or need to care for a loved one.
0: Okay, so how much of their pay can employees expect to continue to earn if they do take a leave?
1: Workers could then take time off for medical or family leave, and they would get partial pay replacement. The payment is scaled, so lower-income earners would have close to 90 percent of their income covered through the program, while higher-income earners would get around 55 to 70 percent covered. And those benefits would start in 2026.
0: Now, I know we're talking something of a fast-moving target. I think there's lots of changes going on, but there were differences in the timelines that the House and Senate proposed?
1: That's right. The House approved an 18-week total cap, while the Senate passed a higher cap of 20 weeks. Over the weekend, a conference committee adopted the 20-week maximum. So if a person got sick or had a baby, they could take 12 weeks of leave from the state program. And then if they had to take care of a loved one in the same year, they could take six more weeks to do that. Workers wouldn't have to take all of that time in one block, though.
0: Okay, so what is the what's the cost of the program, or I guess I could put it uh, somewhat differently you know how will it be funded?
1: Lawmakers are proposing to use more than six hundred million dollars of the state's budget surplus to get the program started, and then businesses as well as work or employees will split a zero point seven percent payroll tax to fund it. The tax is expected to bring in about $1.5 billion to the program every year.
0: So why was this a DFL priority?
1: Yeah, Democrats have been working to pass this program for several years. They see it as a benefit for some of the lower paid workers in the state who don't get benefits like this now. And they point out that many businesses already offer paid leave program to hire paid employees. They also say that women are less likely to have a paid family leave benefit, and then they often say that they're the ones who are caring for young children and elderly parents in our society. So they really see it as an effort to level the playing field among workers, and they say, especially after the pandemic, it makes no sense to force people who are sick to come to work uh, where they could pass an illness on to others.
0: And so, and I just have to say you have a terrific uh, story on, uh, if you go to our website, nprnews.org, you have a terrific story uh, this morning about the concerns of people who are opposed to the program.
1: Thank you. Yeah, Republicans have said it's a one-size-fits-all solution that is being imposed on businesses, whether they want it or not. They point to the tax increase that will pay for it and say risks making Minnesota uncompetitive with other states. They also say it will be a big new bureaucracy to state government, as many as 400 workers being employed to staff it. So some businesses, as I mentioned in the story, worry about being able to find skilled replacements for people who are taking the leave. And they also worry about the cost and the requirements for meeting more state regulations. Republicans had suggested a voluntary program of tax incentives administered by a private insurance company and said that would be a better option because businesses could tailor that plan to work for them. But Democrats say that wouldn't meet the needs of workers.
0: Okay, so what comes next at the Capitol?
1: Yeah, as I mentioned, a conference committee approved a report over the weekend that incorporates of the House and Senate bills, and that agreement has to be passed again in both chambers. If and when that happens, the bill will go to the governor, who has said he will sign it into law. But I should be clear, Chris, it's likely the legislature would come back next year and into the future to make some tweaks and changes to the program as it's put in place.
0: Well, thanks a lot. This This has been great. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Dana Ferguson is a politics reporter with NPR News. So now let's bring in our guests for the hour. Representative Ruth Richardson is the DFL lawmaker in the Minnesota House representing Mendota Heights. She is also the chief author, author sorry, of the House version of the paid family and medical leave bill. Good morning.
2: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: And John Reynolds is the Minnesota State Director for the National Federation of Independent Businesses. The organization represents small businesses in Minnesota. Good morning, John.
3: Good morning, Chris. Thanks for having me.
0: So, Representative Richardson,
2: let's start with you. And why is paid family leave so important? Well, I think Dana laid it out really well. The system that we currently have right now is all about luck. And whether someone is lucky enough to work with an employer that has, uh, that provides access to paid family medical leave. And what we know with the current system that we have, the individuals who are most likely to be left out of the program are women, people of color, and low uh, income uh, workers. And we recognize that at some point, All of us are going to need time to care for ourselves, for others. And this bill really recognizes that universal humanity to ensure no one has to choose between caring for themselves, a loved one or a paycheck.
0: And uh, you heard what, uh, you know, the overview that Dana gave, which is terrific. Um, But is there anything you would like to add?
2: Yeah, you know, one of the things that I think is really important when we talk about, you know, we've heard a lot about what's the cost of, you know, paid family medical leave. What we hear less of is what's the cost of not having a paid family medical uh, leave program. And we know within states that offer paid family medical leave programs that infant mortality uh, decreases here in Minnesota every year. We have more than 350 infants that die annually. Uh, Paid family leave programs reduce preterm births and the number of low birth weight babies that are born. um, Annually, uh, there's a cost of over $370 million in costs of care related uh, to preterm births. Um, hospitalizations decrease. That's an average cost with infants of about 70000 each each uh, a, a year. And so just recognizing that maternal mortality decreases, postpartum depression decreases, reliance on public assistance, and also um, female participation in the labor force increases, I think it's important that we talk about uh, the cost that we're bearing as a state by not having a paid family medical leave program as well.
0: Well, John, what are you hearing from small businesses in Minnesota? I mean, what are their worries about the current bill?
3: Yeah, so NFIB represents uh, over 10,000 small businesses in every corner of the state, every sector from family farms to small manufacturers uh, to mechanic shops, uh, machine shops, uh, flower shops, everything, you name it, restaurants, cafes, and uh, from everyone, every one of our members, the very first question that I get is, well, how am I going to replace workers for three, four, five months a year? Um, it's just a very different a question for small businesses than it is for large businesses who may overstaff as a, as a matter of, um, <clears throat> business planning, small businesses don't have that luxury. So when, if you're a five or 10 or 15 person shop and you're missing one or two people for three, four or five months, uh, that is just a huge dent, um, in, in your operations. And the, mm-hmm. Yeah, that exacerbates one of the biggest concerns that small businesses have right now, which is a chronic worker shortage that's not expected to abate because Minnesota's population isn't growing.
0: And so, tell us what's happening right now. You know, currently before this, you know, before this possibly you know possibly becomes law. I mean, what are small business owners in Minnesota doing when they have families that need to take time off or have workers who need to take time off for family reasons or medical illness?
3: Yeah, they work, uh, small businesses work so hard to take care of their employees. Uh, My members tell me so many different stories about what they do to uh, make situations like that work for both the business and the employee, um, whether it's flexible work schedules or, um, you know, or just giving them a little bit of extra time off and and trying to get by and patch it up with overtime or or whatnot. But, um, you know, what I hear over and over from our members is you know that they'll do anything to try to keep their workers right now because it's so hard to find them and and i hear stories like a small restaurant owner down southeast minnesota he uh he was telling me you know he had a he's a really good cook uh and the cook got picked up for a, a nonviolent offense uh the, the day before christmas last year um He bailed him out, not because he needed him from work. The business was closed. But he wanted that cook to be able to spend time with his family. And I don't think that stories like that are anomalous when it comes to small businesses because they're the backbones of Main Streets across the state.
0: I have a lot of follow-up questions I'd like to direct for both of you. But we also have a lot of people calling in. So we're going to go right to the phone lines, and then we'll weave in some other questions. But first, what I'd like to do is go to Sarah. And Sarah, you're in Minneapolis? I am. And what is your Hello. comment or observation?
4: First of all, I'm a small business owner um, and um, in full support of this paid leave policy. I, as a small business owner have looked numerous times to get into the private market and what's available. It's unaffordable, not to mention there's cancer waivers. I have to pass that empl- that cost on to my employee. This, is an affordable option for me as a business owner, and I fully support this. And again, I'm a micro-business owner. So when I hear businesses say, well, what am I gonna do if my employee's gone for 12 weeks? Well, do you value your employee? Why wouldn't you want them to get the healing or you know, family bonding and those kinds of things? So the other option is to, what, let them go?
0: And what is your business, Sarah? Them?
4: Um, I have a small retail uh, food store in southwest Minneapolis.
0: Ah, and how many employees? Two. Two,
4: okay. Two. At one point, we had six because we had two stores, um, but we did close one of our stores a couple of years ago.
0: Okay, well, thanks so much for calling in, and now I want to go to Tony, and Tony is in Rochester. Tony? Tony?
5: Yes. Uh, thank you so much for covering this really important topic. And I really want to thank Representative Richardson and Senator Mann. Um, this is an issue that I've been advocating for um, since 2015. Been up at the Capitol, a lot of community events, talking to my neighbors, friends. Um, I have paid leave for myself if I would get sick. But my situation is I've been family caregiver for five family members. My mom and dad, when they were diagnosed with significant illnesses at the same time, um, when their health started to decline, I became guardian for my developmentally disabled brother who lives in a group home. Um, And then I have two adult children that have had significant health issues through the years. Um, When I was, I feel like I'm part of the sandwich generation where it's like I was caring for my kids, caring for my parents, and it just was a lot of stress and worry over, am I going to afford, be, can I afford to take time off from work um, where I needed to be there when um, they were in the emergency room or being discharged to a skilled nursing or back in their home. And I have declared bankruptcy in the past. Um, this is when I was caregiving for my two children Um, I was a single mom with no child support, and it was tough to keep a roof over our head, food in the fridge, and gas in the car. Mm. Um, So that's something that, um, as a grandmother, I've got 10 grandkids, I do not want my grandkids to have to struggle like this. I do not want my kids who are now in their 30s to struggle. And we can do better, and we are doing better. And it's the voices of all of the citizens of Minnesota that have stood up and said, it's time. So thank you again, Representative Richardson, Senator right. and I really appreciate your work.
0: Well, thank you. thank you very much. And I want to go to Mel. And Mel, you're in St. Paul. That's right, St. Paul.
6: Yes, I'm in St. Paul.
0: And what is your observation?
6: Yeah. So I am a, a sorry, I'm a community organizer with Main Alliance. Uh, we organize small business owners for more just and equitable local economy. Um, with this bill is, this has been something that our leaders have, you know, fought for for a few years. Um, and the average like business size of our membership is 20 employees or fewer. So just speaking from the experience of like working with folks who, you know, have really, really tiny businesses, this bill is the most affordable, most accessible solution for both themselves and your employees. Um, I've, you know, heard stories from folks who've had to walk away from their careers just to take up like a corporate job um, with unpaid maternity leave, like driving 90 minutes each way. Um, folks who have had to go back and forth and just aren't able to, you know, step away from their business if they're the only person running it, mm-hmm. um, which is very common for mom and pop stores um, to take care of a dying parents, for example um the thing is it doesn't you know the need for leave is already there okay yeah yeah ensures that folks who need the leave are able to get compensated for you know if you need a medical reason or a family reason for you to be out
0: well thank you Um, for calling in thank you very much and um john i'm gonna turn to you first you know uh, these three callers their stories their observations i mean what is your reaction what would you like to, to to pull out of their stories
3: Sure. Um, I think that all situations are unique and that's why a voluntary approach would be better. So if people wanted to pool together and purchase family and medical leave insurance or just medical leave insurance or however you want to take care of it, that would be a much better option because... uh, for one thing i think that the payroll tax will end up being much higher because no other state has tried a leave length and a wage replacement level of uh of, of this magnitude um and also not all workers are looking for the same thing that's another thing i hear over and over from our small business members uh some workers want more vacations some workers want a 401k match some want a higher percentage of their medical premium paid um and there's not, a, uh, there's not an infinite pool of money for labor costs. That's just the reality. So if the state's coming in and saying that all of a sudden X percent of your labor costs are going to have to go to this program, that's going to have an impact on other benefits that employees like. Um, and so this is going to be disruptive for both employees and employers.
0: And do you have a sense of what you're saying it might have an impact on other benefits? What the, are there other benefits that you particularly see that are vulnerable?
3: Uh, I what I have heard is that in order to accommodate the cost of this program, both in terms of the payroll tax, which I think will end up being much more much higher, something like one point two to one point five percent, based on data from other states, uh, is that you know both in terms of the payroll tax and the cost of finding replacement workers or losing production and losing sales because you don't have the people to to run your business or keep your doors open full time um, that, you know, you're going to see things like uh, employer share of medical premium go from a hundred percent down to say 75 or 50%, right? That's the way that they're going to have to make adjustments. There's just not a finite pool of money. There's no pot of gold in the back office of the businesses that I represent, right? There's not even a back office a lot of the time.
0: And, And representative Richardson, the three callers who came in, what would you like to emphasize what 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 struck you
2: you know i i would say a couple of things one um, when we talk about a voluntary program, uh, which is what we have now, we know that most workers are left out of a voluntary program, and even for these small businesses that are looking for options, they're not able to find something that is affordable. And so, I think understanding that with this insurance risk pool being pulled across the entire state, it becomes uh, more affordable. And you know, and I and I just want want to lift up one thing around um, the weeks. I mean, the bill that we have, we're in the middle. Um, Rhode Island has 30 weeks, California has a 68-week cap, New Jersey 38, New York 26 weeks, Massachusetts uh, 26 weeks. And so the bill that we have is right in the middle in terms of thinking about the the number of weeks. And I also think it's really important to lift up within this bill, there is premium relief for the smallest of businesses. And many of the micro businesses in this state they will pay nothing towards the premiums for this because there was a recognition for those small micro businesses that there was a need for support.
0: And how is the, how is a micro business defined? What are the, what, what, what employee levels are we talking about?
2: So there is premium relief that is designed for, uh, um, Employers with under 30 employees. Uh, when we talk about the micro businesses, we're talking about those uh, with less than 10 uh, with less than 10 employees. But employers with uh, 10 to 30 employees would also see some premium relief as well.
0: And uh, Representative Richardson, then I, uh, I want to go to the phones, but I do want to ask you. Your response to this, um, you know, this criticism that this is a one-size-fits-all bill?
2: You know, I would say there are many ways that this is not a one-size-fits-all uh, bill. Uh, you know, f- I just talked about the premium relief for uh, businesses with 30 or less um, employees. So we're recognizing that those smaller uh, businesses, which are the backbone of our communities, will need uh, more more support. Um, this Bill also uh, recognizes the intricacies that come in with having a seasonal business, uh, for example, as well. And understanding that when uh, folks are having people come in for 150 days or less, that um, it's not the same as, you know, working year, year round. And so there are uh, supports for seasonal businesses um, as well. And I, and I would just lift up the fact that this bill is a collection of many different voices including small businesses large businesses the insurance uh, industry the faith community nonprofits um, it, it, it's really a collection of voices that have been represented within this bill
0: and John before I go to the phones just one it seems like there's some flexibility uh, built into this bill but how do you look at it
3: yeah, in terms of the small business relief, this is one of the stingiest programs probably in the country. Uh, Washington, which is often cited as example uh, or basis for for this legislation, uh, exempts employers under fifty from the entire employer, employer premium share. Um, so the the sort of payroll tax relief in this bill is is much less than than what's proposed there. Um, and you know, in terms of uh, what. Uh, <laughs> The leave length, uh, you know, California and Rhode Island are entirely employee-paid programs without uh, reinstatement requirements. And this bill, again, has 20 weeks, which is on the longer side, a very high wage replacement level and very stringent employment regulations attached to it, which are going to lead to higher than expected utilization and more problems for small businesses trying to staff and keep their doors open. Um, And I would just say, you know, too, that if you look at other PFML states, uh, this is not some sort of silver bullet for bringing workers into the workforce. Uh, California and New York, which have had programs for many years, uh, saw 250,000 person decline in their workforce from the beginning of 2020 to the end of 2022. And non-PFML states like Texas and Florida saw huge gains. Florida's workforce grew by 550,000 people. Texas grew by 750,000 people. And, you know, we've heard these sorts of promises about this being a miracle cure for workers and just a great boon, but before, and and I think that the Minneapolis federal reserve study that just came out on uh, the minimum wage increases in those cities is a great example where, you know, we were promised that wages would go up and there'd be no adverse consequences. But the reality is that uh, aggregate pay declined and job opportunities declined significantly in both of those cities, 28% fewer retail job opportunities in Minneapolis and a third fewer limited service food jobs in St. Paul. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think that there was a lot of focus over the course of developing this legislation on, um, you know, the, the biggest and, and boldest benefits set in the country. I think there was less concern about the real impact both on workers, opportunities and small businesses.
0: Let's go to uh, John. And John, you're in Plymouth. And what is your uh, observation?
7: Well, I mean, to start, I, I got to tell you, I'm not in favor of this, uh, especially the way that it that it's being pushed through. Um, the reason for that is, quite simply, is, first of all, the excess tax that was collected by the state uh, really shouldn't be uh, theirs to be sent back out any way they choose to. That money belongs to the residents. It needed to go back. Um, There should have been involvement by both small business and and other groups before this was put in the place. I'm a small business owner. uh, My wife is as well. And we make accommodations for our employees uh, regularly, uh, whether it's, you know, for maternity leave or family problems. I know a lot of small businesses that do. Um, The timing on this could not be worse uh finding employees capable employees right now is is extremely difficult and this is going to make things much worse what, i i do not believe that the representative uh and her cohorts uh did a lot of homework um okay well, you're gonna so what,
0: what, what, what is your business
7: i'm a contractor my wife is a
0: dentist okay well thank you so much for 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 calling in and now i want to go to um Anya, I hope I got your name right, and you're from Adana.
8: Yep, um, that's me. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I had a child in, during medical school training, and my question is, um, actually I actually have a question, which is, like, how might this program benefit people who might need to take some time away from, like, their studies um, and a program into which they're personally paying?
0: Yes. Uh, so, Representative Richardson, can, can you answer this one?
2: Sure. So this bill is about ensuring that individuals have the opportunity to care for themselves or their family members to take leave from um, employment. And so if you are an employee of the university that you're working for, for example, that would be uh, an opportunity for uh, someone to be able to have access to take care of themselves uh, or to bond uh, with, with, with a new child. And, uh,
0: I want to give, uh, we need to take a break for the news soon, but I want to give both of you a chance. You know, John, uh, and his wife, they're both small business owners. He's, he's a contractor. And, you know, John feels, feels very strongly that this is going to make it hard for in a, in an era when it's hard to find labor. This is just going to make it more difficult to find labor. So Representative Richardson, um, white businesses having a hard time finding the workers they need. Is this going to exacerbate that problem?
2: Well, there is a real war on talent that is going on um, right now. And I I think it's important that we also look at the, the research that is out there. What we know is that 61% of adults who are planning to move within the next two years, that they're more likely to move to a state that has paid family and medical leave. And within uh, the research, it also shows that paid leave and access to that is one of the top three uh, priorities that people uh, prioritize when they're thinking about where they want to move. Um, And as we think about the future of our workforce, Gen Z And millennials see access to paid family and medical leave as one of the top um, issues, uh, you know, for, for, for relocation. Um, You know, there's been a lot of research and a lot of studies done around this. This bill has been in play for almost ten years um, at the uh, at the Capitol, and it is widely uh, popular um, nationally. Eighty five percent of voters support access to paid family and and medical uh, leave, and the recent polls that were done here in Minnesota show that there is overwhelming support for these bills as they have been written here within the state as well. And
0: John, I want to ask you uh, off of something that uh, Representative Richardson said. You know, there is a lot of evidence. You always have to be wary about surveys. But there is a lot of survey evidence that the younger generations, the people who are coming into the workforce now, you know, they really want to be working in an area that has paid family leave, that this is an expectation that seems to be growing among a younger generation. Are you seeing that? Is that something that you think uh, we should be taking seriously?
3: Uh, what I hear from our small business owners is that younger people prize flexibility above all, right? That's the key for millennials, of which I am one, and I, I prize flexibility above all myself, uh, key for millennials and Gen Zers. Um, and And again, I'd point to not surveys, not polls, and polls are a bad basis for public policy often, uh, but I'd point to U.S. census data, right? From the beginning of 2020, February 2020, to the end of 2022, California and New York, both PFML states, lost 250,000 workers each. Texas and Florida, non-PFML states, Texas gained 750,000 workers, Florida gained 550,000 workers, People are moving to warmer climates. They're moving to the mountains because they prize flexibility. They apply prize the ability to recreate, uh, and and they're not looking for a one size fits all program, right? If you're in a different, if you're a worker who is you know in your 60s, you're not looking for this full complement of benefits that this bill is forcing on you. If you're a worker in your 20s, right out of college, you're not wor- looking for the full complement of benefits here. Um, it, it, and this just takes away so much flexibility. I think John at Plymouth nailed it, right? Flexibility is key for small business owners. It's key for employees. Um, and it's just very, very different to think that small... It, it's wrong to think that small business has, has the same uh, level of ease or, or you know, same same uh, time trying to manage replacement of an employee as, say, Walmart or 3M, right? It's just not the same. And it's also not the same to do this... in. Blue, you know, it's, it's probably easier to find employees in Bloomington than it is in Big Fork. So, I mean, for so many different reasons based on business size and location, that's why one size employment regulations rarely work out well in practice um, and, and why, you know, leading up to now. The legislature has tended to give small employers much more flexibility than large employers. Uh, I mean, key parts of this bill, key parts of the regulations of this bill are taken uh, directly from Federal Family and Medical Leave Act, which only applies to uh, em- uh, employers with over 50 employees. And you can see that in the way it's written. Uh, and it imposes just it, it wasn't written with small businesses in mind and it imposes incredibly inflexible mandates and requirements on employers.
0: So first, let's go to Angela in Minneapolis. And Angela, what is your uh, comment?
8: Hi, um, my name's Angela, and I run a bookstore in Minneapolis. Which one? And a small business. We've got um, seven employees, Moon Palace Books.
0: Okay. Yes, I've been there.
8: Yeah. And um, uh, this past week, uh, one of my employees' mother had emergency surgery. And um, when her mother gets out of the hospital, she's going to need to take time off to take care of her. And I wish we had this program um, paid family and medical leave in place, you know, six years ago so that um, I didn't have to worry about how it was going to pay her while she's gone um, taking care of her mother. Um, One of the things that I, Mm. I love about this, Plan is that it is flexible. It gives me so much flexibility as a small business owner. Um, It gives my employees flexibility. Um, We've talked a lot about it at work and we're all really incredibly supportive. Um, Hmm.
0: Well, thank you for calling in. I really appreciate it. And now let's go to John in St. Louis Park. John? Uh John, I'm sorry for some there's some uh you sounded from you're calling us from the moon for some reason there. So um but uh so John, I wanna uh turn to you. You know, here's a small business owner, employees, you know, life happens. Uh couldn't this program actually help the small business owner who's dealing with a situation like Angela was dealing?
3: Uh, well, I think, first, I like Moon Palace books. I used to Isn't it great? I love there. it. It's great. The whole haha ha strip down there is fantastic. Um, uh, but, you know, this is why, again, I point to the voluntary approach, right? If if a small business owner thinks that uh, this sort of leave or, or some variation of it can work, and if you like flexibility, you should want to be able to design your own program, not have one forced on you by the state. Uh, if they think that this is going to work for them, then uh, that's you know, that's the value in creating a voluntary pool, which is the approach that other states have taken, which keeps costs down and, and, and creates some stability for small employers and doesn't rely on the state, you know, Filling out a 400-person agency and developing a new IT system, which is something that we've really struggled with, right? If you think that this is going to require an entirely new IT platform, right, Uh, an entirely new experience for workers. Instead of going to your employer and asking for time off, you're going to be going to the state now and asking. When you have a baby, you need to go to the state and ask, and the state will tell you how much time you qualify for and how much pay you're going to get. That's a very different experience that hasn't really gone well in in other states post-launch, um, and we don't have, Minnesota, on a bipartisan basis, doesn't have a very good track record of building out successful IT systems, if you think back to Minlars and MinSure and even HealthMatch before that. So I really worry about the, you know, not just the impact on small businesses, but, but or not the direct, just the direct impact on small businesses, but also the, the residual impact from a potentially poor user experience.
2: And
0: Representative Richardson?
2: Yeah, you know, you know a, a couple of things. Um I'll start with the IT piece first because um I, I think it's important to lift up that deed was the first uh our, our uh Department of Economic and um Employment and Development was the first state in the nation to stand up the pandemic unemployment insurance program in the nation and to get uh um, benefits paid out to Minnesotans. So let's make sure that we're lifting up the good work that they were doing uh, there as well. And I also think it's really important to understand that if you happen to work at a small employer, you can still get sick. Your family members can still need help too. So this idea that we should draw this line in the sand at um, employers with uh, 50 or, or less does not take into the account uh, the real uh, issue here that the humanity that people have in order to be able to uh, care for themselves. I also think it's important that, you know, I, I've heard Florida lifted up a number of times in this conversation, and I've been watching all weekend there are empty farm fields empty grocery stores and empty construction sites that are going on right now within uh, within Florida. And I think it's important that we lift up here in Minnesota that those who have access to paid family medical leave right now, the vast majority of people with that benefit don't take any leave in any given year. Um, and in fact, the, the, the research from the University of Minnesota shows that those who have access to paid leave, uh, less than thirteen percent of folks are taking that leave on any uh, in any given time period. And the average uh, length of that leave is about six to six point six weeks. And so, um, I think it's important when people recognize if you have someone who has cancer or if they have a heart attack. They are not going to be able to come into work. And so this idea that we would not do this program because people would need to have replacements, that's going on uh, right now. And having a program that is all about people volunteering to do this just hasn't worked. And it leaves the vast majority of Minnesotans out.
0: Let's go to, uh, let's go to Roger in Golden Valley. And Roger, what is your, what is your observation?
9: Good morning, Chris. Glad to have you in the spot this morning. Um, I'm a newborn <laughs> intensive care doctor, retired neonatologist, pediatrician. Um, I have two points to make. Um, what We hear that lots of small businesses actually provide this service. Uh, I think that means that lots of them don't, and we need this for everybody. My My biggest beef and difficulty in taking care of newborns in the nursery over 30 years is that so frequently families aren't able to be there uh, that the baby needs them while they're still in the hospital. The mother needs to be recovering. Mother needs to nurse the nurse the child, but don't leave out the fathers. Fathers need to be there too, and so often they're the ones who are stuck going back to work when they're really not ready, not not in a position to fall in love with that kid like they really need to. Yeah. And so my, my my point is we really need this for the for the children, not just the newborn intensive care. Every pediatric hospital experiences this day in and day out. The child is sick. The child needs help uh, from his family, and the family can't be there. Uh, and so um, let's do it for the kids.
0: Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate your calling in. And now let's go to Andrew in Plymouth. Andrew? heather now I understand you're also a small business owner.
10: Yeah, so I have a business partner. We have uh, three retail stores in the Twin Cities area, and um, I think this is, is um, amazing. I we've offered um, uh, paid time off for our employees since we first got started, and I think I think and I've heard several people say it now. I think there's just a huge disconnect with what reality is. I mean, the, the fact is, people are going to get sick. The fact is people are going to have, uh, family members that get sick. Uh, so I've heard several people give the example of, Hey, I'm not going to have an t- uh, employee or they're going to, I'm going to have to find someone new either way. You're gonna to have to replace that employee if, if, uh, they get sick. So let people have time off, give people some flexibility with their health care, the loved ones health care, And I think it'll lead to better employer retention. You'll, if you offer p- things like PTO, uh, paid time off you'll you'll find better employees um that's just the matter
0: and that's what, how, what how it works and what, what is the uh, what are the the, the business that, that you own
10: uh so we do uh device repair so we're um, cpr self-repair oh okay and we have location in minneapolis and and, and uh minnetonka and plymouth
0: okay well thanks so much for calling in and i want to go to peggy and Peggy, you're in Jordan, is that right?
11: Yes, yeah, I live in Jordan, yes. I yeah. have a small business in Northeast Minneapolis.
0: Oh, and okay. what is the business?
11: Um, it's uh, Spring Street Tavern or a local neighborhood bar.
0: Ah, okay.
11: So, well, I want to say we're talking about, oh, we don't want a one-size-fits-all system. Well, what do you think we have right now? We have a one-size-fits-all, rather, only fits... I mean, who does it fit, really? But it, 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 that 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 argument, I think, is not valid because we have a one-size-fits-all system right now, which is terribly, you know, inflexible and poses awful uh, threats to people that can't take time off when they need it. Um, and then I also think that it would be fabulous to share the cost of this um, among everyone, because uh, when I I have people who are who are sick, or have family crisis. Um, I, I would, I would love it if, if we all chipped in because this kind of thing can happen to any of us. And well, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for for calling in. Uh, I really appreciate it. I think we am going to try and squeeze in one more phone call. Uh, and this one, uh, Dwayne from Mendota Heights, Dwayne.
7: Well, thank you for taking the call. Basically, I just uh, was a little upset with John as far as his conversation relative to the way uh, small
0: business is being hurt by this. I'm um, part owner of a small business in medical care, and um, we, we are often losing workers from our small system to bigger systems that can have the bandwidth to develop programs like paid family medical leave for their employees where we cannot. We can't afford to do that. And so, again, I think this program would allow
7: our workers, which are often female, frankly, um, a a possibility of continuing to work and continuing to contribute and continuing to take care of their families and their loved ones. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you, Dwayne. And, John, I'll go to you first uh, because Dwayne mentioned you uh, in in his comments. So, you know, out of these three callers, uh, what would you like to emphasize or pluck out?
3: Sure. I think, uh, you know, what I hear again from our 10,000 small business members is that any sort of employment regulation, any sort of benefit that they offer, and uh, wages, compensation has to fit within the means of their business. And that's where imposing the same requirements, same regulations, same obligations on, you know, again, Walmart or 3M or pick your largest company in the state. Uh, as the smallest five-person shop just doesn't work for them. And, you know, throughout the legislative process, again, we've heard a lot about the theoretical benefits. We've heard much less about uh, we, we haven't heard an answer to the question of how will small businesses keep their doors open? Because the way that the bill is structured, the employment regulations that are taken from federal rules that were never meant to apply to small businesses in the first place basically mean that most small businesses, this is what my members tell me, are going to have to hold that job open, which means that if they're able, they're going to have to backfill the work through overtime. Um, they're not going to be able to find a temp worker for three, four, five months, especially for skilled jobs. And uh, more likely than not, they're just going to they're going to do less, they're going to have less sales, and I think it's sort of offensive to small business owners to suggest that if they don't support this program, they don't care about their employees. I mean, I that's just not the case. Uh, our, our members, small business owners, work so hard to keep their doors open. I talked to a, a man in the 70s who runs a special equipment or a specialized customized equipment shop out in Medina, he's worked every Day seven days a week for the last twelve years with five employees to keep his business going. He cares yeah. deeply about his employees.
0: Okay, now I want to, uh, Representative Richardson. We're just about running out of time here, but I also want to you know give you an opportunity to emphasize from the street caller what what you heard.
2: Yeah, you know, I I think what we've heard this this morning on the the calls, um, you know, be it from Angela, Peggy, um, Dwayne. Um, and what we have seen throughout the, the years that I've been carrying this bill and even previously, there are many small businesses that support this bill. Uh, in fact, when we were debating it on the House floor, uh, we had... Many small businesses that were represented, uh, within, uh, within the, the gallery showing their, their support. Um, the affordability of this is really what is, uh, what is key for them. And what we know with, you know, privatized insurance markets, they're experience rated. And we've heard this morning how Businesses could not afford that. Um, And we also recognize that with those private insurance models, we know who pays the higher premiums. Women pay higher premiums. People of color pay higher premiums, and low-income workers pay higher premiums uh, than others. And what the data also shows us is the people that are most likely to have their claims denied are people of color and low-income uh, folks as well. And so this yeah. um, is really about spreading the cost across the state to ensure people have access to the leave that they need. Well, thank you. I want
0: to thank both of you. That music is a signal that uh, we're coming to a close. Um, Representative Ruth Richardson is a DFL lawmaker in the Minnesota House representing Mendota Heights. John Reynolds is a Minnesota State Director for the National Federation of Independent Business. And this conversation was produced by Maya Beckstrom and Danielle Kultia.
2: Thanks for listening to a recording of my live radio show on NPR News. A reminder that if you want to catch my show in real time, tune in and call in weekdays at 9 a.m.